0: My brothers and sisters, you're listening to the From the Friars podcast, Community of Franciscans the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York. Uh, please leave us a review or subscribe and help spread the word. Uh, this is the homily for the very first mass of our newly ordained brothers. So uh, The ordination mass is now on the St. Patrick Cathedral channel on YouTube, and Cardinal Dolan's homily was excellent you want to uh, think about sharing this podcast this homily with any priests or seminarians that you know Uh, in prayer i received kind of an image of an allegory for the priesthood and uh, kind of a little bit different and interesting so thank you for listening spreading the word let's pray for one another and god bless you My brothers and sisters, may the Lord give you his peace. What a joyful and beautiful day. And I think coming out of the pandemic, we're feeling it even more um, strongly to be together in God's houses, God's family, to pray and to worship uh, our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit on this Trinity Sunday. And uh, we'd like to offer a sincere word of welcome to everyone Um, All the reverend fathers, that includes you guys now, and our parents, moms and dads, family members, friends, friars, brothers, sisters, those of you watching us over the internet, welcome, welcome. Uh, What a joyful and beautiful day to be together as uh, Father Joseph Michael offers the holy sacrifice of the mass, first time as the main celebrant. And uh, your first Mass is actually the Mass when you're ordained. You can't celebrate with the Cardinal, but the first time being the main celebrant. Um, So we're all a little bit nervous, huh? If there's any mistakes, don't blame it on those who trained them. (laughs) Okay. Or maybe you should. Um, So welcome everyone. And um, boy, just uh, uh, let's begin by giving thanks to Almighty God. We are so blessed. We are so blessed and we were due for some good news, weren't we? (laughs) Something beautiful. These guys have had a strange journey. Priests of the pandemic, we've been praying for purification of the priesthood. We never knew it would come through so much hand sanitizer. (laughs) (laughs) If only it were that easy. Um, So, uh, as many of you know, I have been uh, walking with these brothers. Um, I had this memory when I laid my hands on their heads during the ceremony yesterday. Many of them I also worked with when they were vocation visitors and postulants, and I just had this, like, how did this happen? You know, you were just postulants yesterday. And uh, so it brings to mind the question, what do we call this class? You know, the, the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse? Here's an idea, which is a little bit of a reparation to our main celebrant. How about the Midwest class? You're all from the Midwest, aren't you? Nebraska, Illinois, Ohio, that's all Midwest. There's a big inside joke happening right now, okay. (laughs) Well, okay. So, um... My brothers, uh, at our friary, we have a little shrine to St. Padre Pio in our stairwell. And uh, there's usually a candle lit there and a relic, and also next to Padre Pio's statue is this clock. It's a countdown clock. And every day as we're going up and down the stairs, we've been looking at this thing, and remember all the different day, 100 days and all these different days, and it's counting down, and every time the number went lower, the anxiety (laughs) going up. And uh, I was thinking, you know, when you're newly ordained, I almost would love to get a clock like this, Not, not a countdown clock, but a count up clock to go with you, my brothers. You know, day one in the priesthood, here we are. You know, as you now will go on a journey, those days will compile. And uh, here at the very beginning of your priestly life, you think of your formation. It's been a lot of formation, a lot of preparation, a lot of prayer. And you could almost compare the journey of formation to what happens, the journey from wheat to become bread or grapes to become wine. There's some plowing, there's some planting, there's some pruning, some nurturing, there's some harvesting. There's some crushing. You're supposed to smile at that. (laughs) And uh, here we are. And brothers, I encourage you on this very beginning of your priestly journey, wherever your boat will take you to Yonkers still, St. Leopold's 2.0, okay. I promise it will be different now that you're not a seminarian. Or Newburgh, New York. You just go up the Hudson River about an hour, okay? Paddling the whole way. Bradford, England, that's a longer journey, brother. I don't know if you'll be able to paddle all the way to England, but... And, uh, of course, Nicaragua. You're riding a donkey over the mountains, sneaking in, okay? So you begin a journey, brothers. And uh, wherever your different assignments will bring you to exercise your vocation, your priestly ministry, and... uh, Sticking with our theme of the count up clock, I was thinking, wouldn't it be interesting uh, here at the beginning, you think of all of the masses that you will offer throughout your life or all the blessings you will bestow, all the confessions you will ever hear, the sacraments that you will celebrate, all the spiritual and corporal works of mercy that will be part of your ministry. You can almost count them from now until the Lord calls you home. This uh, beautiful, fruitful life of of ministry in the priesthood. And um, I often found myself praying for everybody I've ever heard their confession, anybody I've ever offered the holy sacrifice of the mass and fed them with the body of Jesus, anyone I've ever prayed for, anyone I've ever ministered to, uh, they all get prayed for every day, including the ones in the future. So brothers, even now at the beginning, start praying for all of the sheep that you will shepherd, all of the fish that you will catch, you know, that the the grace of the Lord would be preparing your hearts even now. Now, having said that, um, I want to shift gears a little bit, Um, certainly when people ask you, well, what is different about being a priest? What can you do now that you couldn't do before? It would be easy enough to list off all of those things. You know, I can offer mass, I can hear confessions, I can baptize, I can uh, do weddings, I can do funerals, you know, all the things the priest. And if you're not careful, you could start to develop a functional idea about the priesthood functional, that the priest is a functionary, and the documents of the church on priestly formation warn us against that idea. Um, and so I want to uh, address that in my homily, brothers, um, that certainly all of that is true. You will be doing sacraments and saying masses, and, but there needs to be an internal journey that is quite different from all of the functions. And uh, so that's why I wanna share with you today. These guys have heard me talk and preach for years and years and years, so it's a little ironic. They asked me to preach again today. It's a great honor. Thank you, brothers. And um, as I begin my reflection, a little something I don't think I've ever told you before. I wanna begin by making a public apology for, all of the ways that I've hurt you or failed you over these years. um, I am sincerely sorry for that. Please, you know, forgive me. The Lord uses imperfect instruments. And I hope that whatever good the Lord has used me for will credit it to the Lord and all of my mistakes, you can learn from those as well. So what not to do, okay. And then secondly, I also want to offer a very sincere public thank you to you brothers. I've received more than I've given, and I tried to give it all. And you have had a huge impact on me. So thank you, sincerely, thank you. I'm gonna be leaving St. Leopold's a better man. Thanks to you. I'm so inspired by you today, it's like, wow. So brothers, I wanna tell you about a dream that you're going to have tonight. (laughs) What I'll be offering here, I'd like to offer as an allegory for the priesthood. So tonight, brothers, you will have a dream. And in your dream, you'll find yourself on your ordination day in the sanctuary of St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City. And you'll look up to the main altar under that beautiful baldacchino. That is the altar where you offered your first mass, the mass of your ordination. And on the front of that altar, you'll see a beautiful marble carving. And on that carving, there is an image of St. Peter in the boat with the waves and the sail the mast and as you're looking at this boat it comes to life and you find yourself being pulled into the picture and you board the boat and you're told that you have your your quarters your room in the basement so you go down to the basement and on the door it says padre postulante the postulant father Or maybe it says, Reverend Rookie. Or Father Freshman. So you open the door. And in your apartment, you see you have a very small porthole, which is just above the water line. And you can't really see much through this little circular window, but you look through the window and you can see the shore of your departure as the boat is just leaving harbor. In the corner there is a stove and in the stove there is a really decent fire burning. And in the very center of your room there's a large wooden pole from the floor to the ceiling and around this pole is a table. The pole is in the center. In the other corner, you see a very small mirror, and it's a concave mirror, so it magnifies. you know? And you see your sleepy eyes. And on the table, you notice there are three loaves of warm, fresh bread and three bottles of wine. Just then, there's a knock at your door. You open the door and two older men come in. And you realize the three bottles of wine and the three loaves of bread must be for the three of you. You're hosting a dinner party. This is what I would call a surreal rendezvous. One of the older men has a clock. And on the clock, it says 9,131 days. He is you on your 25th anniversary. And the older gentleman has a clock, and on his clock it says 18,262 days. He is you on your 50th anniversary. It's a sort of trinity, three persons who are one. And what kind of conversation would you have with yourself from the future? Well, Father freshman doesn't really want to listen to what they have to say. He's just been through the seminary where he had to listen to a lot of lectures, etc. Um And the uh, the older you from your 25th anniversary will call him Monsignor Midlife. (laughs) And the yet older you from your 50th anniversary will call Grandfather Gratitude. And they have some advice for you, Father Freshman. So Monsignor Midlife tells you There are four words used to describe the priesthood, which are the four words used to describe Jesus' institution of the Eucharist. So at the breaking, the multiplication of the loaves at the Last Supper, and at the, the breaking of the bread in Emmaus, there were four words that were used. Jesus took the bread, blessed the bread, broke the bread, and gave the bread. And Monsignor Midlife tells you that to be called to the priesthood is to be taken by the Lord. You've been taken by the Lord. And throughout your priesthood, those three words, blessed, broken, and given, will be part of your life. And when your father freshman, blessed is the predominant. Blessed. You are so blessed. And he also tells you something you need to know, that when you're living on a boat, there's a lot of ups and downs with the waves. Grandfather Gratitude has been standing there with such a joyful look on his face, so happy to be seeing you. And he has these words for you from the book of Sirach my child when you come to serve the lord prepare yourself for trials be sincere of heart and steadfast and do not be impetus in time of adversity cling to him do not leave him that you may prosper in your last days accept whatever happens to you in periods of humiliation be patient for in fire gold is tested and the chosen in the crucible of humiliation trust in god and he will help you make your way straight and hope in him you that fear the lord wait for his mercy do not stray lest you fall you that fear the lord trust in him and your reward will not be lost you that fear the lord hope for good things for lasting joy and mercy. Consider the generations long past and see. Has anyone trusted in the Lord and been disappointed? Has anyone persevered in his fear and been forsaken? Has anyone called upon him and been ignored? For the Lord is compassionate and merciful. He forgives sins and saves in times of trouble. My child, From your youth, choose discipline, and when you have gray hair, you will find wisdom. If you wish my son, you can be wise. If you apply yourself, you can be prudent. If you are willing to listen, you can learn. If you pay attention, you can be instructed. Stand in the company of the elders stay close to whoever is wise be eager to hear every discourse let no insightful saying escape you if you see the intelligence seek them out let your feet wear away their doorsteps reflect on the law of the most high and let his commandments be your constant study then he will enlighten your mind and make you wise as you desire. Then you wake up. And the years go on. And Monsignor Midlife is right. There's a lot of ups and a lots of downs. And every once in a while, we remember the words of grandfather gratitude. It was good advice. Thank you. Thank you to... You older priests, thank you. 25 years later, you're at your 25th anniversary. That night, you go to bed. You have another dream. You're back on the boat. But now you are Monsignor Midlife. <laughs> There may be a little bit of autobiography going on here. (laughs) Side note, so I love hanging around Father Conrad. Some people see the two of us, they say, oh, who's the younger one? Okay. Another surreal rendezvous. Similar, but different living quarters. Now your apartment is on the deck level. There's still a pole in the center of the table, in the center of the room. And now you realize that this pole is the roots of a mighty mast reaching to the skies above. You have big windows now with great views, except when it storms. You can't see the shore of departure or the shore of destination. Nothing but waves as far as the eye can see. There's a stove that's still there, but now the fire is merely embers. Grandfather Gratitude quotes to you 2 Timothy 1.6. Hence, I remind you to rekindle, to fan into flame, the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands. Father Freshman is all too eager to fan back the fire. (laughs) Younger people are like that. Now there's a big mirror, but the, the big mirror appears to be dirty and smudged, and you have difficulty seeing your reflection. the mirror. Your loaf of bread is on the table but it has spots of mold and you complain to the younger and older you that it has become dry and stale, still nourishing but not as pleasant to eat. Father Freshman pinches the pieces of mold off of the bread and he shares with you If you remove the mold as soon as you see it, it's easy. But if you allow it to grow, it will cover the whole loaf. Grandfather Gratitude takes the bread. He says, I know just what to do. He sprinkles water on it, puts it in a pan on the fire and it's now refreshed and delicious again. the wine the wine is now watered down you explain to make it last to stretch it further you have a very heart-to-heart conversation with yourself older and younger struggling with times of loneliness and being tired the word that's predominant at this time is broken Grandfather Gratitude has some advice for you. Like Odysseus, in Homer's epic, The Odyssey, he tells you to bind yourself to the mast so that when you pass by the island of the Sirens, you won't be tricked into crashing on their shore. Think about that one then you wake up. Now more years go by and you find yourself, much to your surprise, because Father Joseph, you'll be like almost 90. (laughs) It's your 50th anniversary of ordination. You have a wonderful party early You guys already go to bed early anyways. By the time you're, yeah, you're going to be going to bed at like five. (laughs) You go to sleep. You have another dream. Now you are grandfather gratitude. Your very name means Thanksgiving Eucharist. That is your name. Now you live in the crossbeam of the crow's nest, the top of the mast, she resembles a cross. You have the best views ever, and you can see the shore of your destination. Father Freshman reminds you of the shore of your departure, a very cherished memory, the beginning of the journey and as the journey comes to its conclusion. Now, there is no stove. But Monsignor Midlife asks you, it's rather warm here, where's the fire? You open your shirt to reveal that your heart is burning the love of God. The fire has become internalized. There's no longer a stove. Now you notice there is a full length mirror, and you're startled when you look into it, for you see Jesus looking back at you, and you think of the words of St. Paul, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me, and you realize that the mirror of Monsignor Midlife that seemed to be dirty and smudged, it was you who've now been cleansed and purified, conformed to Christ. Father Freshman asks you, will there be any bread at this meal? And Grandfather Gratitude explains that as the years wore on, the bread completely dried out. I turned it into breadcrumbs, and now its presence permeates everything. But there is a bottle of wine. It's the wine that you received on that first night of your ordination. You've been saving it for this night. You open the wine and Monsignor Midlife and Father Freshman cannot believe how delicious it is. Surely those who serve the best wine first and then after those have drunk, they serve a lesser wine, but you You have saved the best wine for the end. Grandfather Gratitude tells a story to explain why the wine is so good. He he tells the other two of the novel by Oscar Wilde. It's called The Picture of Dorian Gray. Dorian Gray is a beautiful young man Who had a portrait painted of himself and he was so afraid of losing the beauty of his youth that he sold his soul to the devil and he never aged but he gave himself over to a life of sin and the painting bore the record of his licentiousness this wine is like the opposite of that you gave yourself to God And this wine records every moment of grace received and given. And that is why it is the best wine. This is Cana wine for the wedding. The word that's predominant in this stage of your life is given, taken, blessed, broken, given. So my dear brothers here at the beginning of your journey, I encourage you to continually say yes to the Lord, offering yourself no matter what happens, no matter what you go through, no matter what the Lord may ask of you, just say yes. Give yourself totally and completely. Amen.